What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand uh, Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's get into tonight's topics. We will discuss the best position group in the Cowboys defense and the worst one. And we will rank every position in between trying to get a feel as to what are the strengths right now for this unit and what are its weaknesses. So I will start things off with a question just right away, and then I will address some of the comments so far in the show. I need to I need to address one of them, <laughs> uh, multiple of them, because I know this was coming. I knew this was coming, but I will explain. Uh, but in the meantime, l- tell me, tell me what are your thoughts on which is the most the strongest position of the Cowboys heading into 2023. Uh, let me read some of the comments here because I knew I knew some of these were coming. Uh, all in Tom said, <laughs> says, Mo, it's puff, puff, pass, not puff, puff, and puff. <laughs> uh, Mark Aaron says, he has red eyes. And somebody else says, you looked cooked, man. Hey, I apologize for the look tonight. I wanted to... I was considering wearing dark glasses, honestly, or at least these glasses right here. Uh, I have a sty in my eye. It's kind of an allergy thing. I scratch my eyes a lot, unfortunately, because I am very allergic, and I had a sty right now. Uh, it's already being treated. I went to the doctor earlier today, had some ointments in there, and it, it's, it, it definitely worked. I feel better. This eye was like almost closed when I woke up today, uh, but I'm sorry if the visual is not very attractive <laughs> right now. Uh, hopefully, this gets better by tomorrow, uh, but hey, I couldn't miss prime time, could I? We don't stop here on the show. That is one of the things that I pride myself in. Uh, prime time doesn't take a lot of, uh, of days off because I love being with you t- uh, every single night, and I was not going to have a sty keep me from, from doing the show. So here I am. Here I am. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the, for the you know, visual of it. Let's see some of your answers, though, here for the position group. Let's see here. D-line is still the best, says Travis Powers. Defensive end, says Bruce got the toxic use. Holly says quarterback, but we are going to stay, just to be clear, we're going to stay with defensive positions for tonight. We might do a similar show later, focusing on the offense side of things. But for now, we're going to stick to defense. D-line for Charlene Evans. Chris goes with defensive end. Who else here? Uh, wide receiver says Juan Daniel, but again, defense only. Here's where I kind of land. I land with... Defensive end as well. I cannot go with defensive line as a whole just because I'm not entirely sure about defensive tackle, and I'm sure that we'll get into 
that position later on the show. But to me, it's defensive end, and it honestly starts with Micah. Micah and Demarcus Lawrence. Those two are good enough for me to position defensive end as the strongest position on defense without even taking into account the depth that you have at that position. That is impressive, by the way. You get Dorrance Armstrong. You get Sam Williams, Dante Fowler Jr., uh, Dante Fowler Jr. Chauncey Golston, and by the way, Takris McKinley, spoiler alert, re-signed with the team. We were going to get into that later as well in the Some Mo News segment. But this is your defensive end group right now. And here's what I like about the Cowboys position group. They usually on third and long will use more than two of these guys. You guys know what I'm talking about. Dan Quinn unleashed the NASCAR front last year and even the year before that in which you had four defense events rushing the passer and maybe one of them had the hand in the dirt while the other three were just standing up, ears pinned back, ready to rush the quarterback. Uh, but it all starts with Micah. Honestly, he's obviously he's a game changer. He's a guy that offensive lines will consistently slide to. And then Queen can do whatever he wants, as you know by now. He can put Marcus Lawrence on the other side. He can slide him inside and try to isolate him against the guard. And that is particularly effective if you bring a fifth man into the pressure look so you can just get that one-on-one for the Marcus Lawrence. The same for Micah. The same for all of these guys. Really looking forward to seeing what how Williams looks in his second year in the NFL because I know that Fowler is returning and that is a big deal for the Cowboys. But I wonder what Fowler's spot is right now in their rotation. Is Williams going to just like leapfrog everybody and become the number three guy behind Parsons and D-Law and solidify himself as that number three in the rotation behind the two starters? We will see. Very excited about Williams. Uh, Armstrong and Fowler are still very good, obviously. And the fact that those are potentially your number four and number five is insane. Now, Goldston might fly a little bit under the radar, but he brings that versatility to the table. And we've talked about that time and time again as Cowboys fans. But if there's one trait that Dan Queen values is your ability to play multiple positions. Not in a, you will do this one week and then do this another week. No, between plays. Like you can do different stuff from one play to another. Uh, Dan Queen has done a fantastic job building that hybrid defense in Dallas. And guys like Chauncey Golston are a part of it, even if they fly under the radar. That's what I also like about guys like Dorrance Armstrong. Dan Quinn will not shy away from dropping Armstrong back into coverage. And that is the team that you're dealing with right now. Now, just defensive end. Just defensive end, not including defensive tackle right there. Uh, let's see some of your comments here. Toxic Tom says, I, I would agree with that, Mo. He's already chiming in into the positions that might be next. Cornerback number two, safety number three for Toxic Tom. And I do have 
a question about that. Uh, Travis Powers says, what do you think about Alarcón going to defensive tackle from the offensive line? I had an entire show about this in case you want to check out more of my thoughts there. Uh, but I was very surprised, just as a quick answer, very surprised. And I think that there is more optimism than, than first meets the eye right there. Obviously, he can be a people mover at 6'7 and 320 pounds. He's a guy that might be able to occupy space and generate some push at the line of scrimmage. And you might argue that nose tackle, which would I would assume be the position that he's going to be working at, might be the one position that you can bet on getting the technique down in the offseason. And I'm not saying, obviously, that nose tackles do not have any sort of technique. Obviously, they do. But you can see why the transition would be easier from offensive line to nose tackle than it would be to a three-technique position, a defensive tackle, or a defensive end, right? Uh, very interesting change. I, I'm a little bit split and conflicted about it because you could immediately just kind of like your immediate reaction would be possibly a negative one, right? Like, oh, they're changing his position. Might mean that he's out the door, but maybe not. They did re-sign him. They didn't have to do that. He was no longer under contract. He got a new deal. So we'll see what happens there with Isaac. But we had an entire show about it uh, earlier in the week. So you can check that out. Now, defensive end number one on tonight's episode of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. If you look around the defense, I think it's pretty obvious. Some people might disagree, but I would say that it is pretty obvious that you would have to go with one of the two defensive backfield position groups. My question from me to you in the chat is, would you go with cornerbacks or would you go with the safeties? Because both positions there are loaded in Dallas. What defensive backs group is more impressive to you? The cornerbacks or the safeties? And let's break it down. I know there are a lot of names in the screen right now. But hear me out. Cornerback. You've got, obviously, Trayvon Diggs. You've got Stephon Gilmore. You have Jordan Lewis. Dayron Bland. CJ Goodwin doesn't count because he's a special teamer more than anything. But you also have Kelvin Joseph. You have Isaac Taylor Stewart and the Sean Wright. And then you go with the safeties. Obviously, Jaron Kears, Donovan Wilson, and Malik Cooker. But also throwing the mix, Israel Mukwamu. Throwing the mix, Marquise Bell. How about Tyler Coyle and even Sheldrick Redwine and Juan Ye Thomas? You could include them in the conversation. But if you go by starters, you have a very impressive group of, of Trayvon Dix, Stephon Gilmore, and De'Aaron Bland. And you've got Jaron Kears, Donovan Wilson, and Malik Cooker. Which is better, cornerback or safety? Let me know in the chat. I think this is one of the toughest questions that we will have all week long. Cornerback for Chris, safety for Holly, Gregory goes with safety, Juan Daniel goes with cornerbacks, Michael Helton will go with safeties, 
Charlene Evans with the safeties. As you can see, we're close to a 50-50 so far. Lance and Russell over on Facebook go with cornerback. Hey, you can see this. You can see this. This is a pretty, pretty even fight. Pretty even battle. I'm going to go with cornerbacks. Just by a thin margin, I will admit that it is a very thin margin maybe, but I think that that duo of Trayvon Dix and Stephon Gilmore takes the cake. That's why I'm going with the cornerbacks. I think that Trayvon Dix, even though he didn't have the interceptions, improved significantly in coverage in 2022. And I think that Gilmore gives you this guy that can also man up against anybody on the opposing offense and maybe even shadow some of the top receivers on opposing teams. I think those two are the guys that make the difference to me. I think that Trayvon Diggs can match against many of the top tier wide receivers. We've, we've seen him do it all uh, already, even if he doesn't shadow top guys from week to week. But now you get to really compliment him with Stephon Gilmore. Plus, you get a very physical nickelback in De'Ron Bland. And the flexibility of De'Ron Bland to give me the cornerbacks. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with with those those three guys that start a starter. And also you add the possibility of having Jordan Lewis in there, who is a proven veteran cornerback in the NFL, even if he's not great. The fact that he's the fourth guy in the, in the group really helps him out. I think that Easy Mukwamu here kind of goes both ways because he's a little bit of both if you're talking about depth. So I, I won't really consider him one or the other on tonight's, on tonight's uh, exercise. Toxic Tom says, these might be the best cornerback room from top to bottom in the NFL. That is a very, very good statement. Nicholas is excited to see Dayron Bland again. He will be heavily targeted with those guys out there. That is true. He's not going to have a fun time. Uh, he will have to be very physical at nickel, and he's going to be a very interesting uh, player to watch. I see some of the questions about Anthony Brown, and yeah, Anthony Brown is a free agent, so he's not... Are considered in the Cowboys' current cornerback room as such. And I don't know if they are going to re-sign him or not. Something tells me that they won't. Like, I wouldn't count on that just yet. So if you've got, if you've got defensive end at number one, cornerback at number two, and then let's just say it, safety is number three, you have three guys that can do a little bit of everything, but Malik Hooker specializes as a free safety. Jaron Kears specializes as the box type safety slash linebacker plus nickelback. And then Donovan Wilson can do a little bit of everything. Uh, when, when Dan Quinn uses those big nickel packages with three safeties on the field, I love that Wilson can be some uh, a bit of this wild card. You can see him in cover two duty playing a deep zone, or you can see him just blasting through the line of scrimmage, getting the tackle for a loss, and even blitzing. He might be the most efficient blitzer out of the Cowboys' safeties, at least from last season. He had five sacks 
for the Cowboys in 2023 and four ta- and seven tackle for losses. So you can see the impact of Donovan Wilson, of course. I will say this. Uh, that's why I'm very excited about the Cowboys bringing him back. I think that he might be the most versatile safety of the very talented group of guys that the Cowboys already have. Plus, you, you have solid depth. Uh, Marquise Bell, young, unproven. But I would say that he's a very solid uh, depth guy. And as I said, Mukwamu might might not be fair to use him to argue for one position or the other. But he does provide a lot of flexibility on your safety group as well. Because he can play free safety. And he can play somewhat of a nickelback. I think those are his biggest two fits in the Cowboys defense. So that leaves one more question. That leaves one more question. Which is the weakest position on this Cowboys defense? Because we have two missing. We've got linebacker and we've got defensive tackle. Which position to you is the weakest in the NFL, in the Dallas Cowboys right now? Linebackers or defensive tackles? Let me know in the chat. And in a few moments, we're going to get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And we will also get into the Sunbow News segment. Kind of like catch up a little bit on what the Cowboys have done. Because last night, we had a very busy show. And we couldn't get into some of the signings. And then there were additional ones today. So we'll just catch up there before we get out of here. But linebacker versus defensive tackle, which is the weakest position. Let's see what you guys have to say. Nicholas goes with defensive tackle. Chris, starter kid, also go with tackles. Kevin Feeney over at, Kevin Feeney, excuse me, over at Facebook. Army Mom Heather goes with linebacker. The same for Toxic Tom. Charlene Evans goes with linebacker. Steven White defensive tackle. Katharina defensive tackle. Once more, look at us in conflict. The chat has been close to 50-50 right there. Defensive tackle or linebacker. I'm going to go with defensive tackle being the weakest. Let's take a look at it really quickly. And we'll get into the linebackers in a few moments here. But I'm going to lean defensive tackle. Like, look at the guys that you have right now. You've got Big Isaac, has never played defensive tackle in high school nor in college. So he's a huge question mark. As you guys know, I'm a big Isaac fan. I think that at 6'7", 320, and how athletic he is, he might surprise us all. But clearly, he's fighting an uphill battle. And then you've got Quinton Vohana, who is the closest that you are at one technique. Neville Gallimore, who was a healthy scratch in the playoffs. And Ozo Digisuwa, that at least has had a season. And speaking of Ozo Digisuwa, it is time for us to get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Freeman Mazda Stat of the Week brought to you by Freeman Mazda features Oza Odigisua because defensive tackle might have been declared the weakest position on tonight's episode of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. But Oza Odigisua is the exception. 
for the Cowboys because he has, or he had in 2022, 38 pressures. This was top 20 in the NFL among interior defensive linemen, according to Pro Football Focus. And when you look at the grades as a pass rusher, he also ranks as one of the top 20 guys in the NFL. He's not quite up there with the elite of the league, but Oza is by far the most productive tight end that the Cowboys have in, in their, the, the most productive defensive tackle, excuse me, that the Cowboys have on their roster. And at the very least, it is very helpful that if Dallas wants to add to the position, they know what they need to add. Mostly a one technique or a nose tackle. That's why the Cowboys traded for Jonathan Hankins mid-season in 2022. They needed that big guy up front. They might be missing just that, but they're also missing a lot of depth. But Ozo Dijisuwa is definitely a bright spot. 38 pressures, top 20 in the NFL in, in total pressures. And he's also a good run stopper. He might not have the numbers there, but he's definitely a good run stopper. And he's the only DT to have played over 50% of the snaps last year for Dallas. And second place belonged to Neville, who played 37%. So we're talking about a big difference there. Shout out to Oza. He stayed on the field. My question from me to you, is Oza Odijisuwa, yes or no, the best defensive lineman that the Cowboys have among the interior guys? Let me know in the chat, yes or no. Ozo Dijizuwa is the best interior defensive lineman in Dallas. While you give me your answers, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because as always, they make this show possible. And you can check out the ride of the week on their website, FreemanMazda.net. Family-owned business for over 65 years. You can check out their dealership over at Irving, Texas. Or you can visit their website. And in there, you can check out the pictures of every car, the features of every vehicle. And as always, we do have the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. And tonight, that is the 2023 Mazda CX-30 2.5S Carbon Edition All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $30,790. It's got a sunroof all-wheel drive, game-changing Wi-Fi hotspot, and heated leather power memory foam sitting. It also has a miles per gallon capacity of 26 in the city. That goes up to 33 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda right of the week over at FreemanMazda.net. Yes or no, Oza is the best defensive tackling in the Cowboys. Let me see what you guys have to say. Stephen White says, yes. He also says, happy birthday, Mo. Tommy915 says, Simon. I like that. I like that, Simon. That means yes for those of you who, who are not familiar with the term. Inez Gomez goes with yes. Let's see here. Yes for Katharina. Chris says he is our best defensive tackle. Todd also says yes, but he does say it 
uh, with a touch of negativity. He says, unfortunately, Oza is our best DT. That might be fair. Gregory, Holly, Lance all go with yes. And then all in Tom says, stat of the week, it is Mo's birthday. Feliz cumpleaños. There you go. Hey, shout out to Law Nation. Law Nation in the house. He says, no doubt, go Oza. He is a dog. Hey, shout out to you, sir. It is an honor that you are um, around here tuned into ADZ Sports Dallas primetime. Hey, listen, just give me that, just give me that no stackle, and we will be just fine, right? Whether it's Jonathan Hankins or in a dream scenario, let it be my guy, Isaac. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm being optimistic. He's my guy. He's always been my guy since he was assigned to the International Player Pathway Program back in 2020. But can you imagine, though, can you imagine if, if, if Isaac pulls off that transition? I want to learn more about that transition because Mike McCarthy said after the season that they tried him out in the scout team and they were impressed. I, I hope that is the reason behind the transition for Isaac because that is one thing as opposed to, oh, we're giving up on the offensive line project, which I insist wouldn't make a lot of sense because you, give, you gave him a new deal. And I know that a lot of players get reserved slash future deals, but not everyone does. And Isaac did. And you cannot deny that he has the tools. Six foot seven, once more, 320 pounds. And he's athletic as heck. Duke Manyweather described him to me as an athletic freak. That description has stuck with me. And it might have stuck with Cowboys coaches too. We'll find out later. I can tell you this. Isaac has proven to be a warrior. So we'll see how things go. Uh, one of my favorite stories about Isaac is the fact that he, in, in a very short time, became one of the best offensive linemen in Mexico. Like from one year to another, when he got serious about football, and this has been told and retold to me by many of the top players in Mexico. He went from being a standout player, making the national team, because just as context, here in Mexico, it is the, the, the national team is more, I don't want to say like more important because I don't mean it in, in the way that it is more important than the United States team, but maybe the United States doesn't send its top players to its national team because it's got, you know, uh, college football and then the NFL, etc. But in Mexico, that's like the highest honor to go on the national team. And those guys noticed how different Isaac was from one year to another. So you know that he, he has that dog in him and, and he will work very hard at his new position. Very intrigued. Can he get low? That to me is a question. And we will find out soon enough. But right now, to me, defensive tackle is the weakest position on the roster. Uh, I will just say linebacker, also a big question mark, because who will play next to Leighton Van Der Esch? Right now, it seems like it will be Damon Clark, who showed very good range last year. Don't forget that he rushed the passer here and there, too. But I can see how there is a lack of experience there 
that you could be concerned about. Let's see some of your comments here in the show. All In says, you can tell that if Isaac doesn't make the team, it will break him. Who, Isaac? Or me, because <laughs> it might break me too. Stephen White says, Isaac is going to be an awesome coach for Mexico at the least, says Stephen White. Very intrigued as to what he will do after his playing career. Because a lot of people here in Mexico want him to play Pro Bowl over here in the country. Uh, I don't know if that will be beneath him or not. Let's see here. Number 33, Discipline. Uh, oh, Holland says, number 33, Damon Clark, I discipline is bad, LOL. Well, might might be an area of opportunity, but also keep this in mind. He did start playing midseason. Like, remember that he was dealing with the surgery stuff? People didn't even know if he was going to play at all last year. So that might also have to do with it with that. Anyways. Some more news, just a just a few signings here yesterday, and we didn't get to it because we were quite uh, busy with other topics back then. But the Cowboys did sign Ronald Jones. Interesting move, in my opinion. Uh, Ronald Jones is a veteran. You're getting him on a minimum deal, so it's not like you can complain. But also, I have my questions that he will make the 53-man roster when the time comes because as things stand right now the cowboys have tony pollard malik davis rika dowdle and then rojo rojo might be the number four guy on that list if you ask me i i read to you the comment from a guy that has followed rojo closely over the last few years and we got that response lacks vision not very explosive, etc. But he does provide a veteran presence. So at least you kind of cover your, well, you kind of cover your butt there <laughs> going into the NFL draft because now you don't have to take a running back. You might, you likely will. You met with six of them in Indianapolis during the NFL scouting combine, but now you're not forced to go and do it. You're not forced to pass on other better players at other positions just because you have that need. You have four guys, and hear me out. Let me say this, because I know that in prime time, we always make jokes about Ryan Null. Mark Aaron says, we need now, right now. Uh, no, right, Tom. Uh, Joey Bellock says, null or nothing. Holly also mentions null. It's null or nothing for Bruce. I know that, hey, I know that we make these jokes. But I'm just saying, don't the Cowboys, excuse me, let me correct that. Don't the Mike McCarthy Cowboys want a fullback? Because with Kellen Moore, it was the Hulk package. With Kellen Moore, if you were on the roster, in his eyes, you were a fullback. Look, Gifford played the role. Connor McGovern played the part. We saw that with a lot of guys. A lot of guys played fullback. But McCarthy might want his old school type guy. He might want that fullback on his West Coast offense. He's 30% West Coast offense, right? 
We will find out, uh, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Cowboys carry a fullback this time around. But I'm talking like a legitimate fullback. Not, not a versatile guy that can do running back and fullback. No, no, a legit FB. We'll find out if that is the case. So you might have this roster construction in which you carry three running backs plus the fullback, and that is going to be a costly costly uh, roster spot when, when we get into the roster projections and everything. They're not that far away. I'm pretty excited about that. But hey, that will be it for me tonight on tonight's episode of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Bruce says, uh, we lost our fullback. McGovern went to the Bills. I always thought that McCarthy liked those hybrid fullback tight ends. It's Todd Cook. That's also true. Get you a fullback that can catch. Get you a fullback that can do both. The Texans signed a guy that, that is this type of guy, like hybrid fullback slash tight end. Somebody like that would make a lot of sense for Dallas. Anyways, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. But as always, you can check this show out every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I will see you tomorrow night, hopefully, with a healed eye. Because I know I know that was noticeable. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll get we'll take care of this tie. We'll put something in there and it will likely look better tomorrow. But in the meantime, I appreciate you for tolerating the side of it. Uh, shout out to Bruce. Oh, we didn't even mention this. Mark Aaron says Japan cheated. No, they didn't. Shohei Otani. Shohei just dominated my guy, Mike Trout. Let's call it like it is. Man, that was a heck of an at-bat. Threw him the slider, opened things up with the slider, and then went with the heater like four consecutive times. Mike Trout was swinging. <laughs> when had Mike Trout swung that much? I'll tell you how much time, how many times? 24 in over 6,000 at bats in his career. This is an actual stat. 24 at bats, Mike Trout had swinged and missed three times in his MLB career. Did so in the biggest of stages against Shohei Otani. Man, respect. Respect that guy. See you tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much. Prime time brought to you by our friends over at freemanmas.net. Nos vemos mañana. Adios. 8 p.m. Bye-bye.